Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Let your Bibles out. There is a word from the Lord. Anybody else excited beside me? Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we tell you, sir, that we are open and we are ready. Speak, Lord, with strength. Speak with clarity. Speak with power. We bind up any distraction that would keep us from hearing. We bind up anything that would try to get in our vision that would get in our sight or that would impede our hearing and I pray that we are focused and I pray that we magnify you for these next few moments answer prayers for these next few moments give direction for these next few moments give clarity and we thank you for it in advance in Jesus name for 10 seconds can I get you to just lift your hands open your mouths on campus and online and put a praise and a worship put those two things together let's go 10 9 Eight, seven, six, five. Come on, Wednesday. Four. Come on, Wednesday. Three. Come on, Wednesday. Two. Come on, Wednesday. One. Stay there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's go to work. Let's go to work. So our series is called Let's Start Over, Scratch That Better. Someday I taught you how to have better relationships. I want you to make this declaration saying, 2022, I will have godly, productive, and mutually beneficial relationships. No leeches, no snakes. Judas had their chance in the first part of the year. That's over. I need you to say that thing with some authority. Like you believe, like everybody that shows up in your life from now to the end of this year, they're going to bring value. Everybody that shows up between now and the end of this year, they're not just going to try to leech from you and take from you, but they're going to add value to you. Can I get you to make this declaration? Say the value of my relationships is increasing. 
For some of you, you have to be comfortable with the fact that God will sometimes get somebody out of the seat so that the seat is vacant so that he can fill the seat with somebody that's going to add value to your life and somebody you can add value to. I taught you that a relationship on Sunday is a decision to engage in perpetual connection, association, or involvement. This is important because every relationship is a decision. Stop feeling trapped in what you are not trapped in. It is a decision, which means even for blood, even for family, you get to decide the level of relationship that you have for them. Be careful that you're not like Joseph and that you, watch me, and that you have an expectation from people who you should expect support from, but they cannot have, they do not have the capacity to give you support. Be careful that you're not like Joseph in making a decision to confide in them when really what you need to do is shut your mouth when you're in front of their face. Joseph messed up a, a whole part of his life that God literally takes and redeems and makes it better because Joseph begins to tell his brothers that he knows hates him and that he knows their father um, loves him more than he does them. And Joseph tells them his first dream and he sees their response. And that's where Joseph messed up. Some of you, you keep waiting for more evidence to prove what you already know. And sometimes you got to look at somebody and say, I got enough evidence to tell me you don't belong in my future. I got enough evidence to tell me that I can't trust you with information. I got enough evidence to tell me that I can't get you to help me birth anything out. Matter of fact, some of the people that have been in your life, they have not been there to help you birth. They've been there to help you abort. But I pray that from this day forward, you have some people that can help you birth what's on the inside of you. That when you're tired, they're going to push you. When you feel like giving up, they're going to push you. When you feel like throwing in the towel, they're going to say, you better not throw in the towel. When you say, I can't go on no more, they're going to say, yes, you can, and I'm going with you. When you need a phone call to encourage you, they're going to be on the phone. When you need a text that says, keep going, I'm with you, they're going to text you. When you need an email that says, I'm here to support you, they'll be there to support you. Please make this declaration. Say, my relationships are getting better. It is a decision to engage in perpetual connection, association, or involvement. And I taught you 11 things to have better relationships. Number one, you need clear communication. You can't be on FM and they are on AM. Clear communication means that we have to use our words. You cannot call passive-aggressive communication communication. You cannot call, well, she should know I ain't called or she should catch a vibe. You need to stop using witchcraft to, to, get to communicate with people. What is witchcraft? It is the sin, watch me, the Bible says, of rebellion. Watch me, it is the intentional use of manipulation to get your will in somebody's life. Which means, watch me, rather than saying what you want, you threw an attitude to get what you want. The Bible says that's witchcraft. And I need you to start using your words. Watch me, you like to tell everybody how grown you are, I'm going to need you to open your mouth and speak. Second thing is relationships are journeys, not destinations. You need people that are going to be in it for the long haul, not just for the destination. See, for some of you, the reason why people ghosted you is because you were a destination to them, not a journey. There was something they intended to get from you and get out of you in the moment that they believed that they extracted that which they sought in the first place. They were not in it for the journey. Here it is. When your relationships get better, people will grow with you. See, watch me. You either going to grow together or you going to grow apart, which means you need people around you that you will grow together. And here's the greatest compliment. When you can look at somebody you've been in relationship with, whether it's a friend or a business partner or even romantically, and you can say to one another, you've grown. And they can say to you, well, you've grown too. 
Why? I didn't get in this situation to stay the same. I did not wake up intending to have it to be a repeat of yesterday. Every single day, I'm competing with yesterday's version of my self which means every day I'm getting better every day I'm getting stronger every day I'm getting wiser and you need people around you that will notice it and say something number three you both need to be solutionists what does this mean that you both need to be problem solvers and this is in any relationship type you did not you do not need problem comer upper withers you need people that will be solutionists. In other words, okay, we got this problem, so what are we going to do to solve it? You don't need people that are just going to sit up with you, watch me, and help you drink your problems, help you smoke your problems, help you sex your problems. Oh, you ready? Help you sleep your problems away. No, you need people that are going to say, well, how are we going to solve this? How are we going to figure this out? Listen, the worst thing to do is to be a solutionist and be surrounded with somebody that only wants to find a problem for every solution you come up with. You need people in your life that watch me, that when they see a problem, they're going to say, well, let's figure this thing out. Let's put our heads together. Matter of fact, we ain't going to lunch just to sip and gossip about other people. We're going to, listen, bring your notepad, bring your iPad, bring your laptop, make sure you got Wi-Fi because we ain't going to be on these public networks letting people steal our passwords. I we are coming to find solutions. You need people that when you get to a dead end, you can call them and say, listen, I already prayed. Now, listen, I need us to strategize together. I pray you have some solutionists in your life. I pray you have some strategists in your life that whenever you feel like you don't have a way to move forward, they're going to say, well, let's wait a minute. Listen, I saw this on Instagram yesterday. I saw this on Google the other day. I was watching something and saw it on the news. Say, Lord, send me solutionists. All right, what is the next one? I taught you that, uh, number four, your you need relationships you can be settled in. And, and this does not mean settled in a negative way, relationships you can settle in. No, it means relationships you can be settled in, which means you can trust them. If you cannot trust the people around you, can I be the first one to tell you that relationship is over and you're the only one that doesn't know it? If you got to keep your wallet with you, if you can't tell them the whole story because you know that they can't handle information. If you know that if you tell them certain pieces, there's pieces that are going to get spread to other people that you didn't give them a piece of it to. You need relationships you can be settled in where you can be totally you and they be able to handle you. And even in that, you got to understand there are degrees to relationships. See, Jesus had 12 that were on his staff uh, that worked for him. But he had, watch me, he had three that he was close to, Peter, James, and John. And out of those three, he, uh, he transfigured himself, which means he could get transparent with them in a way that he was not transparent with the other nine. See, some of you keep trying to give the nine what you can only give the three. And you get frustrated, watch me, you get frustrated that the nine can't handle what you're supposed to give the three. And that's because they were not created and built to handle what you are able to give them. If only God could get three people he could be transparent with, why in the world do you feel like you can be transparent with everybody? Out of those three, he only had one that he was really close to, and his name was John. This is why John, because he was so close to Jesus, he gets what's referred to as the revelation. Apocalypto in the Greek, where we get our word apocalypse, which means the uncovering, the revelation of a thing. He got more information because he was closer in proximity to Jesus, which means, watch me, check the principle out. I can only be settled with you, and I can only give you revelation of who I am based on your proximity to me 
pay attention, and I've just seen through the process of time that you can be trusted with me. I'll back it up and say it again. For some of you, you don't have trust issues. Here's what you have. You just can't trust everybody with you. I wish I had somebody in this building and somebody online that knew I was telling the truth. See, it's not that you don't trust people. No, I just don't trust everybody with me. Why? Because when you are king and a priest and you know who you are, I've never seen a king hanging out with just anybody. I've never seen somebody at the top hanging out with anybody. Why? Because I got to make sure I can trust you with me. Then, then I told you, you, number five, you need relationships you can build with and from. You need to be around builders, people that when you get with them, you get excited. When you get with them, you start thinking of vision. When you get with them, you get ideas. When you leave from being around them, you got a list of stuff you got to go do. Because they have inspired you to do something. They have inspired you to build. Number six, you need collaboration, not just competition. You need people who, watch me, are not going to secretly be in competition with you. You need people who, watch me, who don't really want to be you. Because for some, watch me, they're around you because the truth is they really want to be you. Okay, there was a song that says they're smiling in your face. But all the time they want to take your place. Backstabbers. Backstabbers. What they do. What's funny is that most of you give them the knife. Why? Because you don't pay attention to the cues they give. When, when everybody else in the room is smiling and they're the only one with a, with a frown. Pay attention to who doesn't clap when it's time to clap for you. Y'all not saying. I learned a long time ago to watch the room when certain things are happening. Because I can tell you exactly where my problems are going to be based on their response. You need people you can collaborate with. You need people that can say, listen, well, I can do ABC. If you do one, two, three, we put ABC together with one, two, three. We got ABC, one, two, three. You don't need selfish people around you. That if you were on fire, they just watch you burn. Y'all still with me? Number, number seven, you need relationship goals. And this is every relationship type. That means an objective and a plan. Where is this headed? Even in friendships. Most people don't build their friendships like this. That's not how I operate. My friendships, we got to be working on something. We got to be building something. We got to be helping one another. There's a friend uh, who was also a man of God. And uh, every day at roughly nine o'clock, Either I'm calling him or he's calling me. That's just been our standing time, and we're collaborating. And, okay, what are we doing? What you got going on? What you got going on? What you doing? What you doing? What's happening? What's our plan? What are we working on today? What's, why? Because, listen, at the end of the day, he that does not increase you will decrease you. Which means we need goals. Where are we headed? And even if our goals aren't on the same thing, we need to both be having goals that we are working toward. See, for some of you, this is why your relationships romantically, they get stale because you're settlers. What does that mean? You just stop and you get stuck. You're not working on nothing. They're not working on nothing, which means what does that mean? Now you're going to start spending your attention looking at their flaws. You're going to spend, and this is why you get so agitated and aggravated with them because you're not building anything bigger. So now the only thing you can do is look at them and say, I hate the way you chew. Can you please stop moving your neck like that? 
Can you please not do that? Can you please stop moving your shoulders? What's wrong with you? And then now y'all are fighting one another. You even have friends like this. I can't stand the way she, she do her hair. I can't stand it. And why? Because you're not building anything. So what you begin to do is to tear down something. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, get some goals. Number eight, you need relationships that will check you when you're off. Uh, I am the undisputed checker champion of the world. Now, now I, I, I am undisputed. I'm undisputed. Watch me. You, you, need, you need friends that when you totally off, they can check you and say, I'm going to need you to get back over there. You need friends that when you say something sideways, they'll be like, oh, no, we ain't doing that. You need friends that when you're talking crazy, they'll shut the whole thing down and say, oh, no, that's not how this is going. See, for many of you, you want friends that bring you comfort. And the problem with only wanting friends that bring you comfort, pay attention, is that you may be comfortable, but in your comfort, you may be slowly dying. The term status quo literally means slow death. So if you're just, I'm just doing a status quo, I'm just trying to make it, it literally means you are dying slowly. Okay, come here, Lauren Hill. You're being killed softly. <laughs> you ready? You need people that will, you need people that will, listen, that when you say something totally off, they're going to be like, look, let me tell you something. This and all of what you just said and all of what you just did, we're not doing that. You need friends that would risk the friendship to make sure. You need friends that don't care that you ain't going to talk to them for four or five days. And they'll still show up to work and look at you and say, yeah, 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 and what the, yeah I know you ain't calling me. Ain't nobody studying you or your little attitude. You need, watch me, you need some thugs in your life. I wish I had somebody in Wednesday Night Live in the building or online. You need some friends that when you're off, they're going to show up at the house. Oh, no. Oh, no. We ain't doing this. Me and you, me and you are not fighting. Me and you, we are not going to be divided. Me and you, me and you are not going to be separated. So I'll be out here until you come out here. Order a pizza. I just need you to get a teaspoon of hood. That's all. You people that will check you. You need people that when you're wrong, they'll listen to you tell your side of the story and say, I hear what you're saying, but you're wrong for that. You, watch me. Here's how you know you're a good friend. When after you, they tell you their side of the story, you say, I hear what you're saying, but you're wrong for that. They want to hang up and not talk to you no more. But I got to go. You ain't got to go nowhere. No, nope, we finna stay on this phone. You ain't going nowhere. Y'all understand? I've had people I said, yeah, I know you didn't like what I said, and I don't care nothing. We ain't getting off the phone. So what are you doing? Huh? You know, I just your little stinking attitude. I love you too much to let you lose unnecessarily. I pray you have some people in your life that love you too much to let you lose unnecessarily. Number nine, you need relationships that will push you to keep the kingdom first. You need relationships that when you're talking about, I ain't going to church today. I ain't logging on today. They're going to say, I, I wish you would. I ain't going to serve no more. I wish you would not serve. Be, be, don't be at that dream team party on Sunday. It's going to upside your head. Miss if you want to. Miss if you want to. You need people that will check you. You pay your tithes? Have you given your spring offering yet? No, 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 no. Because watch me, watch me, watch me. If they're not sharpening you, 
then that means they're not iron. And the Bible says iron sharpens iron, which means if they're not making you sharper, what are they? And listen, because you're iron, you're strong AF. <laughs> you're strong as fire. You need somebody to match your strength that when you come with all your rah, 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 they're like, come on, let's go then. Rah, rah, rah. That's why you've been called to harvest. Why? Because you can take no little punk pastor. You needed somebody that would get up on the mic and say, y'all not go. You needed somebody that can go from the boardroom to the streets. You needed a PhD and somebody that can relate to somebody with a GED. You, you ready? You need relationships that will push you to keep the kingdom first. You need relationships that when you talk about, I just, I ain't going to do it no more. They'll say, okay. <laughs> I see you at seven. They will push you to keep the kingdom first. Number 10, you need relationships you can see progress in. Remember I talked to you on Sunday that the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that they had built. In other words, the Lord was so impressed with the progress that these relationships had built that he was like, show me the tower. Show me the city. You need relationships that you can look over them and you can say, I see progress in this. Yeah. Uh, you, you need a relationship where you can say, you know what? You being in my life has made me better. Yeah. And then they need to be able to tell you, oh no, and you being in my life has made me better. Because if you're not making one another better, I'll tell you what you're doing, you're making one another bitter. Yeah. Number 11, you need relationships that are unified. Unity doesn't mean that you sound the same. It means that you sound together. See, do not expect your friends, your, your romantic relationships. Stop expecting you out of people. This is why a lot of people get disappointed. Like, but I just figured, that's where you went wrong, right there. You should stop. Let's stop right there. Well, you know, it's common sense. Let's stop right there. It's not a lot of that going around no more. And that's common to you. See, to somebody like Judas, you ready? Judas, who betrayed Jesus, he, to him, it was not uncommon to be disloyal. Why? He watched his father be that way. So common sense for him was, well, loyalty is not something we do. Well, how do you know that, Bishop? Because Judas' name means people in the door. He's the son of Iscariot. That's his surname. Iscariot means traitor, which means literally his name reveals to us that he grew up in an environment where all he saw was disloyalty. So to John, who's loyal, looking at Judas, who's disloyal, he's saying, well, I can't believe how he treated him that way. And Judas is like, I can't believe you'd expect me to be like you. Because common sense for me means that we're only loyal to people. Watch me for a few months. We're only loyal until we get what we want to give. We're only loyal until we see benefit for ourselves. While John is looking at him and saying, but no, I'm loyal for the long haul. Watch me. You need some Johns in your life. That they're in it. Watch me. Not because, watch me. You can't do nothing for them. They pick you. And watch me. And as quiet as it's kept, watch me. And they can't do nothing for you. You pick them. The best and relationships are ones where we don't need one another. We picked one another. And that's every relationship type. Come on, I need you, but watch me. But make sure your picker's right. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, cause me to pick the right type of relationships. 
that are iron, sharpening iron, that add value to me and I add value to them. Relationships with people can only be better after your relationship with God is better. And this is important because many people try to be better in relationships before they're better Christians. You cannot get horizontal right until vertical is right. And just like with people relationships, it starts with clear communication. It starts with clear communication with God. And what is that communication called? Prayer. Everybody say prayer. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking online or in the building, like, oh, okay, this is a message about prayer. I'm good. I don't need no notes right here. I'm good. I know where he's going. I'm about to teach you revelation tonight that's going to change how you pray. Because if you knew what you had access to and if you knew what you were doing, watch me, you wouldn't treat it so, so commonly. Say, Lord, give me a hunger to pray. See, watch me, by the end of this message, I want your hunger for prayer to be so strong that, watch me, that while you're walking down the aisles at Target, in the name of, I need you to be, I need you to be at the mall, and people are like, is she talking to herself? Is she talking to himself? Baby, no, I'm talking to God. Why? Because I'm, deci I'm deciding whether or not I want to buy the whole thing. I <laughs> so what is prayer? Prayer is this. It's three forms of two-way communication with God. Three forms of two-way communication. With God, prayer is never just a, di a monologue, you speaking. Prayer is a dialogue. And there are three forms of that. If you look on the screen, 1 Timothy 1, 2 and 1, excuse me. It says, first of all, this is how you know who wrote this. This is the Apostle Paul writing. And look at how he starts the verse. First of all, <laughs> then I urge that supplications. This is the first uh, type of, uh, of prayer. Supplication, this is to pray for another Christian. This is literally like a supplement to their prayer, which means, watch me, I cannot replace them praying for themselves. I can only supplement and add to what they have prayed for themselves. See, for some of you, watch me, if you don't pray, you're living off of supplements. And you can't live off of supplements. Just because you took a few vitamin D pills doesn't mean that you can't eat. Y'all not saying nothing. You're going to have to make sure that you're consuming it for yourself. I pray God send you some supplicators this year. That will back you up in the spirit. Supplication is like back up in the spirit. Which means you, once you pray, then I came behind you. I was like, I got this thing. Then prayers, that's the second type. This is when you ask for yourself. The word pray literally means to ask. Literally means to ask. So this is when you ask for yourself. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Anything you don't have, it's because you didn't ask. You assumed he was supposed to give it to you. You assumed that he was going to give it to you. You assume that, well, he knows what I need. Well, then why pray? Prayer gives heaven the invitation to get involved with the affairs of the earth. Let me back that thing up. Prayer gives heaven authorization to interfere with the affairs of the earth. God don't need my permission. Read your Bible. He does. What do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? God can do whatever he wants to do. Oh, he can. But in the earth, he decided, uh, Genesis 1:26. let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them, say that's me, have dominion over the earth. Which means anything, that's why he says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Because God says, if you'll go for it, then I'll go for it too. If you'll tolerate it, then I'll tolerate it too. Some of you are mad that God hasn't intervened, but you never invited intervention. 
Ooh, but tonight. <laughs> ooh, but tonight. Uh-uh, I, I need you to get a ooh, but tonight spirit. What does that mean, Bishop? It means but, but tonight some things are about to change even in the way I pray. You ain't going to sit back and wait on somebody to be good-hearted towards you. You're going to pray and ask God to turn their heart towards you. I don't have to wait on what I can ask for. All right, look at the next part. It says this, intercessions. This is the third type of prayer. Now, if you grew up in church, particularly in the Pentecostal environment, they would call everybody intercessors. And you remember the intercessory prayer ministry? And you'd be like, ooh, what is an intercessor? Okay, listen, I know it sounds deep and spiritual. Yay. Woom. Randa. Rosha. Bahai. He. Ke. Yanda. Bahu. Intercessory prayer team. And it was four ladies in the back that were sweating. <laughs> in everybody's business. Y'all ain't gonna sit Tell me, we just spreading the information for prayer. That's not intercession. Intercession, literally, it means to pr it's prayer for non-Christians. John 9.31 says that non-Christians' prayers are not heard except for the prayer of salvation. Prayer is a privilege, not a right. This is why some of you got people say, you know, just prayers up, prayers up. You ain't saved, you ain't saved. And I don't mean that in a dismissive or derogatory way. I'm just saying, listen, what's the benefit of, of, of watch me, what's the benefit of salvation if everybody gets the benefits? What's the benefits of being faithful if everybody gets the benefits? See, I'm going to tell some of y'all, faithfulness has its privileges. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Being consistent has its privileges. I think there's a few of us tonight that can say, I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm getting more faithful. I'm getting more consistent. And consistency has its privileges. Bible's clear. Bible's clear. So when you intercede, you're, praying, you're literally entering a session for somebody who can't start a session for themselves. You got saved because of intercession. When you was out there twerking, come on. And some of y'all still, every now and then, it'll pop out doing praise and worship, but you got to remind yourself. No judgment. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> Some of y'all be forgetting. You be like, wait a minute. Let me pick that back up. I dropped it like it was hot. Let me pick it up. <laughs> All right. All right. Watch me. You got saved because intercession. There was somebody praying for you and you didn't know it. There was somebody calling your name out on a Monday night prayer, typing your initials week after week after week after week after week after week after week, and then one day he got you. To intercede is to go to God on behalf of those that cannot go to God on their own. And I know we live in a culture where everybody says, you know, just praise God, want to give honor to God, you know, who is truly the head of my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, Here's what I love about God, is he's everybody's. I don't want you to get, get, get so high-minded that you forget that there was a day where you were out there 
and he got you. But somebody watching me right now, you out there right now. And in the next 15 minutes, he's about to snatch you back up. Why? Because there's some intercessors entering the session of those that do not know the Lord. Matter of fact, can I get you in this building and online? Online, you type the initials of those that you know that do not know the Lord in this building. Can I get you to call out their names? Call out their names. Why? We're about to do this one right now. We're about to intercede for them. If you know they do not know the Lord or if they've fallen away from the Lord and they need to come back to the Lord. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna enter the session right now. We're going to do this one right now. We're going to call them in. And we're going to believe they're going to be saved and serve him. Father, in Jesus' name, we enter the session right now. And we intercede for everyone whose names we're typing on the screen. For names who we just uttered in this auditorium. And we call them into salvation this year. And we declare, God, that they're going to be saved and serve him. We pray against the scales that might be on their eyes or ears that are keeping them from you. We pray against lethargy in their spirituality. We pray against other gods that have their attention and have their focus. We pray against relationships that are turning them from you. And we pray, God, that starting tonight, their heart would turn towards you, sir. Their heart would turn towards you, sir. Their heart would turn towards you, sir. And for that, we say thank you. We sit in the seat of the intercessor, connecting them to you, connecting them to you. And for that, we say thank you. And we won't wait until we see their hand go up. We'll praise you for it right now. Come on, Harvest. I need a church that's still excited about people coming to the Lord. I need a church that's still excited about people getting saved. I need a church that's still excited about people that were far from God coming to God. I need a church that gets excited about prostitutes coming to God, about drug dealers coming to God, about people that were in crazy stuff coming to God, about black people, white people, Hispanic, Asians. I need a church that's excited. Everybody is included. Nobody is excluded. Somebody shout, do it, Lord. Let's go. That's intercession. And for some of you, watch me. What you just saw me do is what you need to do for your family. Because for some of them, watch me, until God gets them, they're going to keep ticking you off. So what did we learn? Supplication, prayer, intercession. Three forms of direct communication. And it's two-way communication. Look at this next part. And thanksgivings. Let me teach you something. You ready? So the revelation is about to start dropping. If you come to him in an attitude that is not thankful, here's what he said. I want to hear that. See, when you come to him, God, I just don't understand why. He's like, where's your thanksgiving? All this attitude you coming at me with, I'm not even trying to hear that. Okay, let me prove it to you. For you, if people come to you with a bunch of complaining, Let's be honest. There's something in you that's like. And I'm not talking about critique. I'm talking about complaints. See, critique, watch me. It is something that needs to be improved with a strategy to improve it. Complaining is just to complain. This is something negative with no intent to fix it, just the intent to destroy the one that delivered it. God says, when you come to me, come to me thankful. 
When you come to me on behalf of anybody, come to me thankful. When you come to me to make supplication for somebody, come to me thankful. When you come to me to pray for yourself, I need you to be thankful. So here's part of how prayer works. God says, I need you to have thanksgivings and let those be made for all people. What is your attitude when you're praying? What is your attitude? It's your mindset. Are you coming to him with a you owe me attitude? Because that's how a lot of people pray. Father, you know, I've done a lot for you. I was about to say, ninja, please. You, you, you done a lot for him? Well, let's start looking at what he's done for you. Woke you up this morning. Started you on your way, made sure your limbs worked, made sure every organ in your body functioned. He made sure that your house didn't burn down last night. He made sure that the bullets that were shot down the street didn't come to your house. He made sure that the asbestos that was in there that you didn't know anything about, that it didn't leak through and poison. He made sure that while you were driving down the street, the car that was supposed to hit you, that it went this way. Y'all not saying nothing to me. He made sure that when coronavirus invaded your body, he stopped it and said, but you can't take her out, but you can't take him out. I've got a plan for their life. I need some thankful people in this building and online that can say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, come on Facebook, hallelujah, come on YouTube, hallelujah, come on Denver, hallelujah. I wish you would approach God with the attitude of how much you've done. Lord, you know I sold a lot last year. Well, who gave it to you to sow? Bible says he gives seed to the sower so even what you sow he had to give it to you God says what's your attitude when you pray because if it's not thanksgiving I ain't giving if it's not thanksgiving go talk to the wall because I ain't trying to hit that how dare you approach me Asking me for something with an attitude, you ready, of entitlement. And I know why it's quiet in the building and online. It's because for most of us, this is making us think about those times we've approached and those times we've prayed and where we acted like we were even doing him a favor to pray. And he's like, do you know who wants to have access to me? You're not listening. Do you know who wants to have access to King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Do you know the people that wish they could have talked to me before they took their lives? Do you know the people that wish they could have spoken to me before? Do you? And I, you got the audacity to come at me with an unthankful attitude? Come on, Wednesday. If you know there's been some moments, and I'm the first one to put my hands up, where we've been unthankful. Can I get you to lift your hands and say, Father, I repent for my unthankfulness in prayer you've been good and I owe you praise put a praise right there Wednesday go I owe it to you I ain't doing you no favor I owe it to you I'm not doing you a favor I owe it to you I owe you my leap I owe you my wave offering I owe you the clapping of my hands 
I owe you the shout out of my mouth. So look, 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 look. It says, what's your attitude when praying? And I know, I know sometimes you're you just like, man, I got a vent. Man, I'm, I'm going to need you to find another way to do that. Some of you, where you going to need to vent, you ready? It's in your head. Ready? Because you taking your anger out on God. You're going to end up like Moses. I'm going to do it. What did Moses do? Moses was so angry with people. Check this out. He didn't even have a problem with God. He had a problem with God's people. Everybody listen to me. God's people sometimes will piss you off. If you got offended by that, you just pissed me off. So I guess we're in the same boat tonight. I don't say that to be gratuitous. I don't say that because there is not a vast vocabulary that I could use in the didactic explanation of the sacred writ. Some of y'all didactic. What is it? I don't. I don't say that because I, I like because I like words. Here's the reason I say that. It's because the truth is, is that sometimes we let people interfere with prayer. You're not talking to them. So I'm not going to let what you did to me affect me and him. That's like you had a bad day at work, come home, take it out on your family, take it out on your kids. God's like, how you going to have an issue with them and then come crazy, funky to me with a funky attitude and prayer to me? I didn't do nothing to you. She did that. I didn't do nothing to you. He did that. So what happened? Moses was angry with God's people. And because he was angry with God's people, I've talked to you this before, he's supposed to speak to the rock. He beats the rock. He beats the rock. The rock was an anthropomorphization of the Lord. And so literally, um, the Lord says, listen, Moses, you're not going in. Now, after, you got to think about this. Moses had been faithful for going on 120 years. And because of this one act, God was like, mm -mm. you ain't finna take your issue with them out on me and then expect me to give you what I promise you. So he lets him go up and he says, look at the promised land, Moses, because you ain't going to touch it. I got good news for everybody. Whatever you thought you lost, only shout if you thought you lost some weight. In 2022, you're going to recover. I know your anger made you miss it in 21, made you miss it in 20, but I just announced a prophetic word to somebody. Open up your mouth and say, when I thought I lost, I shall recover. Here it goes, say, with interest. You ain't gonna lose nothing. God says you've learned your lesson now. You've gotten your attitude together now. And you're not perfect, but you're faithful. And it's getting ready to happen for Let's go. What's your attitude during prayer? Look at verse 2. He says, for kings and all who are in high positions. This is interesting because he said, I want you as part of your prayer. So we dealt with attitude. He said, but as part of your prayer, are you praying for the people above you or are you only complaining about them? 
It's easy to complain about a leader when you've never been one. It's easy to complain about a pastor when you've never been one. It's easy to complain about a chief executive when, you listen, you work customer service. And that's not a bad thing. What I'm saying is those are two different seats. It's easy to complain about something that you've never done. So what does he say to do? He says, pray for kings and everybody that's in a high position. He says, anybody that's over you, not only does your attitude need to be right when you pray and be thankful, he says, but I need you to make sure you're praying for anybody that's in a high position. Anybody over you, you need to be praying for. Why? Because when they do well, you do well. Every day, I don't care if you can't stand your boss. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that everything is good with them. Why? Because if they, listen, because I need their heart to turn towards me. Why? He tells you why to do it. So you can lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. He says, so make sure your attitude's right. Number two, he says, I need you to make sure that you're praying for anybody that has any level of leadership or any level of position. So even in government, y'all ready? You don't have to like who's sitting in the seat. The Lord was holding my tongue. I almost did it. You don't have to like who's sitting in a seat. But watch me. But you pray for who sits in that seat because it benefits you. You got it? All right. That, that's important. So you don't pray for the, I pray for the destruction. Of the, no, 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 no. No, Lord, I pray they do very well while they temporarily occupy this seat. In four years, it'll be another one. And in four years, it'll be another one. And in four years, it'll be another one. You got me? All right. Now, here's, here's where I want to go deeper. Say, go deeper, Bishop. So here's the question. When and where should we pray? All right. You ready? Always and anywhere. Always and anywhere. If you grew up old school church, they said, you know, go in your prayer closet. Okay. What's the principle? Sometimes you should, there should be a place where you know when you hit that place, you're going up. But guess what? When you mature, every place you are. See, I need y'all to be like your bishop. I could be in the middle of the gym. And go, and I'm not standing what them people are thinking. I'm not talking to you. Get back on your machine. Get your back over there. I'm not talking to you. I need you to be driving down the street and be able to go up in your car. Because every place I am is a place of prayer. Prayer is communication. It is not an event. It's a lifestyle. So I don't have a prayer life. I live to pray. I pray to live. You ready? Look at Luke 18 and 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. So heart in scripture means your mind. I said this years ago. If you pray all the time, you won't lose your mind. For some of you, the reason you lose your mind is because you don't pray all the time. So you literally lose heart. In other words, you punk out. That's what it means. You lose heart. I'm going to say it like you from South Central. Hort. Come on, everybody say Hort. For, those, for, my, for my digital family, here's how you type that. H-E-A-U. Hort. R-R-T-T. <laughs> Hort. All right? Now, this is important. Because how many of us can be honest that there's moments you, you just, you fired up. And then there's moments you're like, 
whatever. Where the honest people at? It's going to be what it's going to be. You ready? He says, the only reason you, lo- you lost heart was because instead of prayer, you went to panic. And, and it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. Um, uh, it's kind of like this. Um, you have to, they were, they were telling a story about how this man the other day, something happened with this pilot and he was on a plane. So this man had to literally, he didn't know how to fly a plane. And he, li- pay attention, pay attention. You, I'm about to help some of y'all. He didn't know how to fly a plane. He had never flown a plane before in his life. See, some of y'all are going to catch it in a moment. Because you keep panicking because you're in something you've never dealt with. Because you're in something you've never done before. And you're saying to yourself, God, I've never done this. But you know what they had to do? He had to get on communication with air traffic control. And do you know what they did? Through communication, they talked him. If you don't, they talked him through the process of flying the plane and the man was able to let never done it before can I tell some of you all here's why you're about to do what you've never done because I stayed in prayer and the reason I can do what I've never done is prayer showed me how to do it prayer showed me how to get out of debt prayer showed me how to have a house here there everywhere prayer showed me how to get my family together open your mouth please and say Lord talk me through it They communicated with him and talked him through it through something he had never done before. You know what he could have done? I ain't never flown no plane before. And he, look at me, and he could have said, Father, this is it for me. Instead, he got in the cockpit and he said, who is this? Look, I ain't flown this plane before. Talk me through it. And for some of y'all, he's about to talk you through the breakup. He's about to talk you through the challenge. He's about to talk you through building the business. He's about to talk you through making the change. He's about to talk you through opening the new location. I wish I had somebody in here that knew that the Lord would talk you through it. You're not out there by yourself. Please say it one more time. Say, Lord, talk me through it. In fact, the lack of prayer, you know what that is? It's sin. How do you know that? Look at the scripture. It says this. It says, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. When we don't pray, not only do you lose your mind, but then God says things aren't right between us. Now, now just think about it this way. In what relationship? And I know we live in a whole new world. <laughs> it's a whole new world. <laughs> where, where couples don't talk. For weeks and months and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> Look here. Um, in what functional relationship? Operative word. Mm-mm, mm-mm, let's go more than functional. In what healthily functional relations, functioning relationship? Do you go for weeks not talking to one another? I wish you would be married and y'all ain't talk for weeks and months you coming home apparently I hit something right there cause the silence that fell over the room I could only wonder if it's like that online for those of you who think that's normal it's not and it explains watch me the sin 
Ready? Because in any, any healthy and functioning relationship, what's, what's regular? Communication. We have to communicate. Come and talk to me. Can I talk to you? Come on. They want to meet you. Can I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mm, yeah, listen. <laughs> Look at the neighbor and say, mm, yeah. <laughs> Come on. You better do it. Look at the neighbor and say, mm, yeah. <laughs> All right, so here we go. In what functional relationship is there not communication? What is sin? Mistakes to miss the mark. So here's what he says. If we're not communicating, watch me, we're missing the mark. I don't know where you at. You don't know where I'm at. And so God says, when there's a lack of prayer, you've sinned against the Lord, he says. He says, because you have access to me, but you don't use the access to me. Yet you have an attitude while you have access. You can't have access and still have an attitude. Y'all ready? Say, Lord, give me a passion to pray. Oh, I need you to say that thing with passion. Say, Lord, give me a passion to pray. Come on, we say, say it. Ooh, yeah. Say, say, Lord, give me a passion to pray. Say, give me a passion to pray. Ooh, yeah. Say it again. Give me a passion to pray. All right? So, all right. You ready? Here we go. So how do you pray better? Mm, yeah, is how you pray better. <laughs> That's what y'all going to remember tonight. Y'all going to go home tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Say, Alexa, play Jodeci. Listen. How to pray better. Somebody say, with agreement. All right, here we go. We're almost done. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, this is Jesus talking. If you agree on earth concerning anything, I just need you to touch the shoulder of your neighbor. If you feel fine touching the hand, touch the hand. If you want to elbow him, elbow him. Just touch him and say, he said if two of us touch and agree on anything, it will be done. Period. This is why online I have you type because that's your agreement. This is why in the building I have you touch your neighbor. It's because of your agreement. I know somebody, I didn't come to church to touch my neighbor. You better touch your neighbor because what you're praying for needs agreement to work. You need agreement. Say, I need agreement. Okay, now, now, now listen to this. He says, against, for anything that they ask. <laughs> See? Say, anything that they ask. You know what's crazy is that the world uses this principle more than we do. Because they'll touch and agree and get what they want. They'll touch and agree and get what they want. While God's people will look and say, oh, why does this happen for them? Why does this happen to God says, you didn't use the power of agreement. It says, it will be done for them by who? My Father in heaven. So check this out. There's two levels, and this is what you've not heard. So the first is corporate prayer. And in a moment, we're going to pray corporately. This is what we do every Monday night. At 7 o'clock Mountain, 9 o'clock Eastern. This is what we do during church. We're going to end church in prayer tonight. Um, that's corporate prayer. That's when we pray together. But watch this next level of agreement. It's when your actions are proof of your agreement with yourself. 
I'm going to say it again. Ooh, yeah. It's when your actions <laughs> are in agreement with what you prayed. You ready? So don't pray, Lord, I'm 100% healthy and 100% whole. Yes, Krispy Kreme, is the light on? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not knocking Krispy Kreme. What I'm saying, though, is that, okay, let's just do some basic math. Right? The average person burns somewhere between 2,000 and 2,500 calories. The average donut has got somewhere between 250 and 400 calories. You ate the box. Now, don't look at me like that. Like, Bishop, I only had one, plus the other 11. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, you had 12. <laughs> Come on, Facebook, put that on the screen. Ooh, yeah. So here's the deal. I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. I'm saying this to say, okay, so you just ate, you know, between 2,500 and 4,000 calories. You only burned 2,000. That means you have a caloric surplus of 2,000. There are 3,500 calories and one pound of fat, which means after a day and a half, you gained a pound. Ooh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Heck to the no, to the no, no, no. Heck to the no, to the no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck to the no, to the no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Stop. Stop. We got to go. This is coming out of your time, not my preaching time. <laughs> you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Do your, <laughs> do your actions, are your actions in agreement with what you pray for? D did you, pr watch me, did you pray for healthy relationships? And in your prayer for healthy relationships, watch me, you don't do the work to be healthy. Because healthy relationships means both of y'all got to be healthy. Do your actions, do, are they in agreement with what you prayed for? So if you prayed, watch me, you say, Lord, make me debt free. So then did you go out to do the work and use the tools that you have to get debt free? Or are you just waiting on something to happen? Don't pray, Lord, send me a godly spouse. Are you one? It doesn't seem like you're ready to me. It doesn't seem like you're ready. Now, I was going to do the other one, but that one works too, though. That's good, though. That's good. <laughs> you ready? You ready? It, it, it doesn't seem like you're ready. Here's the deal. Are your actions in alignment with what you pray for? Because if not, you lack agreement. So you're a tripart being. Your spirit, your soul, your body. Your spirit is your uh, subconscious mind. Your soul is your conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions in your body. So if those three things aren't in agreement based on your actions that support what you prayed for, guess what? You're not seeing anything. What you did was you did old school. You on a wing of a prayer. That's not prayer. Prayer says, Father, in Jesus' name, by the end of this year, I want to be 100% out of debt. So then you, your actions begin to line up with that. 
So when, when, there's, when you're taking on debt, mm -mm, I ain't going to be able to do that. Mm -mm, I ain't going to be able to do that. And every day you pulling out your bills and saying, uh-uh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I'm going to pay what I need to pay. But you said in Deuteronomy 15, chapter, one, uh, uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, and at the end of every seven years, there's going to be a release of debt. So I pray that you cause this debt to be real. Every day you lay on your hands on the debt. I pray this debt be released. Even if I owe it legitimately, your word says that you would grant a release. Say, Lord, let my actions agree. All right, so let's go to the last part. Let's go to the last part. How to pray better according to his will. Now, I want to deal with this because this is very confusing for a lot of Christians. Because a lot of Christians don't pray and his will just say, Lord, just your will be done. Okay, and then here's your challenge. Well, but I want to pray for this. So should I ask for this or do I ask for his will? Do, do, I, do I, what I want. Okay, let me show you this. First John 5, 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That, look at what's in bold. That if we ask anything according to his will, well, what's his will? His word. He hears us. Everybody look at me. The reason, and I'm going to show you this in a moment, the reason you just don't pray anything is because you didn't pray according to his will. You asking for stuff and putting stuff that heaven is like, where they do that? Father, I just pray for strength like Superman. Where they do that at? No, you're not asking for things that are according to his will because it's not according to his word. I discover his will in his word. So his will is no secret because I discover his will. It's literally in his word. The Bible says if I ask anything according to, pay attention, according to, say according to. According to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Pay attention to this very carefully. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked, not asked. <laughs> you can't ask the Lord for nothing. That we asked of him. Now, now pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. Everybody look at me. Say targeted prayer list. So, 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 listen, that is a written list with your request plus the corresponding justifying scripture because that's praying according to his will. So, whatever I ask for, I know that I get it and I know that I'll have it. Why? Because I asked according to his will. Now, for many of you, if you grew up in church, you were never taught this very simple principle. You were taught, child, just ask him. Oh, just say it. Oh, come on, out of your belly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> out of your belly. Come on, come on. Rivers of living water. But you still thirsty, 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 thirsty. Why? He said, pray according to my will. Whatever your petition is, I'm going to need you to have a justifying corresponding scripture. What gives you the grounds to ask me for that? This is why the Bible says in Isaiah, state your case and make your case known before the Lord. This is why when you hear me pray, I always attach scripture to what I pray. Why? Because that's the only thing that heaven is going to respond to. I have to pray according to his will. So watch me. So, so, so how to pray better. Number one, what's your attitude when you're praying? What's your attitude? Are you thankful or do you, are you entitled? 
Because your attitude, your attitude determines whether or not heaven even heard you. He's not obligated to respond to the disrespectful and the disobedient. Y'all not saying nothing to me? Every parent in here, you know what I'm talking about. It's some stuff you saw from your kids that you said, I don't know who she talking to. <laughs> Parents, don't do that. Wave at me. There's some stuff you saw from your sons. I don't know. He got me. I'm the lie. I'm the ha, 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 ha. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know a parent's mad when they start calling on the Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lord, keep my hand. Oh, Lord. Keep my hand from knocking this ninja upside his head. I don't need to catch a case today. I don't need to go to jail today. But I need you to come through for me, Lord. He trying me, Jesus. He keeps trying me, Jesus. She keeps trying me, Jesus. And I don't want to lose my mind. I work too hard for my mind. I work too hard for my mind. And there he go coming back in my face. Lord. Listen. <laughs> she better watch her mouth. I brought her into the world. And I know how to. Oh, you want to call the folks? Here go the phone. But let's see. If you're going to still be standing by the time they get here. Matter of fact, y'all can come on now. Come on now. Come on now. I know we live in a new age of parenting. You sit over here and time out. You sit here and you think about it. Bible says, let's pray. Everybody stand in the building and online. Everybody stand. <laughs> Y'all ready to pray? Listen, before we pray, if you need to become a Christian tonight, this is your night. So number one, when you come, become a Christian, this is your moment. You're not watching this by accident. Secondly, if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord, this is your night. Thirdly, if you're like, before, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure. Wherever you're at, this is your opportunity. God's coming to get you, whether you're on this campus, on TikTok, on Clubhouse, on any of our digital platforms tonight. Wherever you're at, you need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On three, in the building, when I ask you, raise your hand. Online, I'm going to ask you to do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. One, no guilt. No condemnation, no shame. God's not angry. He's not mad at you. He's not trying to throw you down. He's not trying to beat you down. He loves you, and he loves you to life. Two, don't miss your moment. Hands up in the building or hand wave emoji. Say it's me online. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. In this building and online. 
Come on, church. We're a church that celebrates when people come to the Lord. And for somebody tonight, this is their reconnection to the Lord. Everybody, pray this with me. I've got digital ambassadors on every digital campus waiting and watching for you. Everybody, pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for down in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian. If I fall, give me the grace to get back up again. This is my prayer. And I know you hear me. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.